You are listening to a podcast from C3 Church Wallandilly. For more episodes and information, please visit our website at c3wc.com forward slash Wallandilly or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash C3 Wallandilly. I just wanted to do a quick devotion as part of our Christmas series. I had a devotion planned this morning. In fact, Pastor Ivana had 90% of a devotion planned but didn't get a chance yesterday. I don't know what she was doing with herself yesterday, but... Uh, did, she was looking after the Eads, keeping, keeping the Eads calm, yes. Louise, you have an amazing story to tell, don't you? <laughs> yes, um, the way that God has protected. So Pastor Ravana, uh, I said, let me take care of this. And just uh, so we, I put some thoughts together yesterday for a devotion to share with, uh, share with you today. And then I woke up this morning and looked at my uh, Bible devotion, weekly, daily devotion. And, and it was Psalm 91 was part of my reading. I thought, oh, wow, I should probably go there. And I was in two minds. So I've actually got them both queued up there. But we're going to stick to my original one, Luke chapter 2, if that's all right, Adrian. We're going to do the Luke chapter 2 devotion. But what I think I'm going to do is, if I get a chance this afternoon, I might record a video devotion on Psalm 91. Um, many a pastor has used Psalm 91 beside the bedside of someone who's close to passing away in family grieving. It's a, it's a beautiful psalm. If you're looking for some comfort, uh, go to Psalm 91 and spend some time there. It's, it's the pastor's psalm, we call it, for that reason. But I might do a bit of a devotion on that this afternoon, so keep an eye on the Facebook page if, you, if you're interested. But I think I'll stick to the original, uh, the original plan that we had as part of our series, The Gift. When we started this Christmas series, The Gift, uh, when we planned for this six weeks ago, two months ago, I don't think we realized just how poignant this message, this series would be. You see, we had this heart that we would focus on not just the fact that we have been given a gift, but that we are the gift to our community, that the church of Jesus Christ has a mandate to give away what we have been given. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely go and give it away, he said to his disciples. And, and uh, I, as I said, blown away by how the church has done that and continues to do that. And so in some, some degree, I kind of feel like I'm preaching to the choir a little bit this morning. But let's just together... Uh, just go into this devotion and have a think about this and, uh, you know, find maybe some encouragement for ourselves and some encouragement that we can bring to others at a time like this. I've had several people contact me in the last few days and say, you know, I'm struggling in my faith right now. Uh, I, I find it hard to see God in the midst of darkness. Some of these people aren't even affected by the fires. They're just affected, like, remotely by the fires just by seeing hardship in the world and thinking, where is God? How does this happen? And we talked about this last year, that, that probably, the, in fact, not probably, definitely the number one biggest question asked by Christians in the Western world or even by people who don't follow Christ is this simple question. God is so good, why do bad things still happen? And, and it's a time like this where it's, it's normal for us to question those things. But I want us to come at it from this perspective this morning as we look into this devotion. For ourselves, it might be an encouragement. For some of you, you may be struggling with that thought yourself. Thinking, God, where, where were you when this happened? You know, for every person, we, we hear a testimony like the way Yandera was protected when it was about to be overrun was, was incredible. 45 minutes later, there's eight houses go up, uh, go up in Balmoral. You know, and, that far, and the way the wind was going is what sent it to Balmoral. It protected Yandura, but sent it to Balmoral. How do you figure that out? How, how does that work? 
there aren't always answers to these questions. But I think the Christmas message in itself reminds us of one thing. And that is that God doesn't leave us in the mess that we're in. That, that God would love the world so much, not that he would sovereignly fix everything on the earth because there are certain things that happen on this earth because of the way the earth is created. There are certain things that happen on this earth because of humans and the fact that we mess the world up and we don't steward it well and all the things that we've spent all this year talking about. You know, we, we're not always effective at doing what God has asked us to do, which was represent him and bring heaven to earth and steward this earth that he has placed us on. But despite all that, a good God chose not to stay up there in heaven somewhere, but to come into the middle of the darkness and shine a light here and say, here, I'm here to set you free from the darkness. And what's more, I'm going to then empower you by my spirit to be my light into the darkness. And if we can take our eyes off God's responsibility and see that, and see that hey, God, it doesn't all make sense down here, but I trust that you have done something about this problem. In fact, you are the ulti- you've provided the ultimate solution to this problem, your son. You've dealt with the ultimate problem on the earth, sin. And now through my relationship with you, I can find peace for my own life and I can be a peace bringer to other people's lives. Is this okay? So let's have a look at this story, this passage in Luke chapter 2. The story before this is Jesus is just a few days old. He's been born, and it's the custom in Jewish times to take every baby boy to the temple for circumcision and to uh, produce, uh, put an offering, give an offering to God for to to thank, be thankful for the child, and also to say the firstborn child is is uh, is owned by God, and we're basically redeeming the child back. It's a whole different story from the Book of Exodus, but it was a custom, and so. Uh, what happened is that Mary and Joseph took baby Jesus to the temple on this period of time, just a few days after his birth. He'd been born in Bethlehem, which is just five or six kilometers down the road from Jerusalem. So they'd made that trip up there to, to provide the offering and to be circumcised as well. And I, what I like about this story, I think for us that's applicable, is that, that this story is taking place in a very dark time. It'd be easy to sit here and go, Christmas is such a joyous time. And it is. It's beautiful. And it has all the family commitment and all that wonderful stuff. But even Christmas, apart from the fires, can be a dark time for people. People have lost loved ones this year. People's marriages have ended this year. Challenges have happened. There's always a mixture of joy and sadness in life. While we're in this world, we will face those things. This was a very dark time. This was a time when the people of God, the people of Israel, were overrun by by a vicious, tyrannical enemy who were controlling them, the Romans. And it says in verse 25, At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout, and he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue his people, Israel. You know, every Jew in that day was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come. When will you rescue us from this dark time, God? When will you set us free from all the pain that we're in? When will we be free to live in our own land again? When will we stop having to pay taxes to Caesar? When, 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 when? He had the same hope as all the other Jews. But there was something very remarkable about the hope of this this man, Simeon, because he was an old man, and he had a hope that was, even though he was waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel, he saw a bigger picture that they didn't see. You see, the reason was they were only focused on their problem. They were focused on how hard it was for them. But Simeon, who'd lived through probably... 70, 80 years of hard times 
was able to see beyond his own problems and see that God had a plan for a bigger thing than just his own problems. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Let's look at this for a moment. Sovereign Lord, now you can release me in peace. This is a man who was waiting for the Messiah. This is a man who received what God had promised and yet didn't receive what God had promised. You see, this man was long gone 30 years later when Jesus finally fulfilled his mission on the earth. This is a man who saw what God had done even though God hadn't done it yet. I think that's applicable to us at a dark time. See, we can see beyond the problem of the dark time right now and we can see that God has done something about this problem. And even if we don't see it in the natural right now, we can trust that God is in control. We can receive it and yet not receive it. Our mandate as Christians, this, this is the tension, if you're a follower of Jesus, that you will live in all your life. It's the now and not yet scenario. We live with this sense that the kingdom of God is here now, and yet the kingdom of God is not here yet. And here's the answer. Jesus says, do you know how you bring the, net, the not yet into the now? He says, you do that. You do that as my people. Everywhere you go, every word you say, you are bringers of the future kingdom into the now. This man saw something of the future and he was at the point where he was so confident that he saw a baby that he knew that the job was done. Deal done. This eight-year-old baby is going to be the answer. I'm ready to go now, Lord. I've seen it. You don't need to see the answer in the natural to see the answer in the spiritual. I think it's the Apostle John says it this way. This is the confidence we have in God that if we ask anything, According to his, his, uh, according to his nature, to his will. That was the word I was after. According to his will. Thank you, Mari, for correcting me there. This is the confidence we have in God. If we ask anything according to his will, we believe that we have received it. And it shall be yours. The tenses are all mixed up here. What's, what's it saying? He's saying that if you can get a confidence in something that you haven't seen and believe that you have seen it, then it shall be yours. Believe that you have received it and then it shall come. This is the now and not yet scenario. We haven't seen the end of these fires yet, but we have seen the end of these fires. Because God is still sovereign. He is still on His throne. So He was able to say, I have seen your salvation, which you've prepared for all people. These verses, you're, God, you're the answer to all nations, not just Israel. This is the difference between this man, Simeon, and, and the others who were only focused on themselves. Most of them would have been happy if they were free and everybody else was oppressed. History has told us time and time again that those who are oppressed when they get free become oppressors of other peoples. This is just a common human nature issue. The oppressed become the oppressors. And yet this man saw that God's answer to the problems of Israel was not to free them from the oppression of Rome. You see, that, that continued for a long, long time. The answer to God's problem was to bring a son 
to bring his son into the earth to show us how to live like Christ, to live and represent God and to die for our sins so that we can be the bringers of God's kingdom to all peoples. If God had only answered Israel, most of us wouldn't be here. I don't know if there's any Jewish descendants here today, but most of us are Gentiles. See, God had a big picture. God still has a big picture for our region. In the midst of this, he is using us, his people, if we can take our eyes off our problems, he can use us to be a light, to reveal God's light to our region, to our part of all the nations. You with me? Let's go on. Jesus, in verse 33, Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, many others to rise. He's sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. The church continues to be opposed in the name of Jesus, but we continue to press on and represent him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And he says to Mary, a sword will pierce your very soul. One of the most worst prophecies to get, that one day your son, he's a prophecy about the cross really, that you'll sit there and watch your son crucified. Let's go on to this other prophecy. We're running out of time. Prophecy of Anna. We'll park that. There's plenty I could say, but we haven't got time. Next, they run into this prophetess, Anna. She was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. Did you talk about Anna recently, Pastor Ravana? I thought you did. Yes, I remember that. She was also uh, in the temple. Her husband died when she was, had been married only seven years, and she lived as a widow until the age of 84. It's a long time living as a widow in the house of God. I love this, though. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshipping God and fasting, with fasting and prayer. This was a woman who was living through a dark time in her land, had experienced the worst of the worst of a dark time in her own life, and yet she never left the temple. That tells me something. I've written in my notes the importance of remaining through hard times. That's when it counts, Vic. Exactly. The importance of remaining through hard times. This woman saw God's answer because she didn't quit. She stayed in the house of God. When hard times come, people often shoot through. If, as your pastor, as your lead pastor, I know I would echo the thoughts of all the pastors. If we could give you any advice, it's stay in the house of God when things are dark. We need each other. It's here that we find the presence of God to change us and inspire us and give us life. This woman saw the answer because she stayed, and it took a long time. It probably took 60 years or something like that. She stayed faithful, stayed the course, stay in the house of God, the importance of remaining through hard times. Verse 38, she came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph and she began praising God. I love this line as we get ready to close. We get the band to come back, we'll get ready to close. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Do you know that there are expectant people in our community? This is where I wanted to go with this, is reflect on this. She was looking for those. Not everyone at the temple was probably ready to receive what she had to say. 
but she was looking for those that were expectantly looking for something. I need some hope right now. I don't know where it's coming from, but I need some hope. And she would say, do you know what? I've seen the hope. He's a little baby over there. I'm going to tell you about him. I don't know the whole picture yet, but one day he's the hope. He's the, well, here's the advantage for us. We're 2,000 years after the cross. We do have the whole picture. We don't have the whole picture about what lies before us, but we know that the problem has been dealt with. Sin has been dealt with. And so what we need to be doing this Christmas season, this bushfire season, wherever you are, whether it's with your family and friends on Christmas Day, we as the people of God can be like Anna. And we can say, hey, I want to share some hope with you. We don't have to preach at people. We don't have to come down. We don't have to pick a fight with them about deep theology. Let's just forget all that. You know, when there's fires raging, it frustrates me. I, I saw what Carly and Ryan wrote, I think Ryan wrote about people blaming and all this sort of stuff. This is not the time to do any of that. This is the time to bring hope. This is the time to shine a light. This is the time to, to be a calming influence to our community. You could say, look, my house is in danger right now, but, but even if my house was to go, I know the one who's the God of hope. I can trust him in the middle of all of this. I can trust Him with my family, and I want to shine that hope to you. Let's be like Anna. Let's all stand together. That's my encouragement to you this Christmas season, over these coming days this week. If you can stay close to God, you can bring hope to others. We'll dim those house lights again now. Thanks, guys. You can bring hope to God. Before we close in a song, I would love to to close our eyes and I would love to just spend a couple of moments praying for anyone who might like to receive some prayer this morning. Not at the front, just where you are. I want to take a moment right now and pray for anybody who's here who might want to make a commitment to Jesus. You may want to come back to Him fresh in your heart as you head into the Christmas season. Maybe life has taken you on a tangent. You might have been following Jesus, but for whatever reason, lately, it hasn't been the way it should be, I will encourage you in a moment, you can raise your hand up and you can recommit your life to God. I'll see your hand and I'll pray for you right where you are. I'm not going to single you out. You may never have done this or you want to come back to Jesus. If that's you, before we pray for peace and calm, let's just pray for anybody that's here. If that's you and you want to come back to Jesus or give your life to Christ, just raise your hand up wherever you are in this place right now. I'll see it and then I'll pray for you and we'll move on with the last bit of the service. And lastly, I want to pray this morning for anybody who wants, who, who needs some fresh peace in your life. Maybe you're just weary and exhausted from all that's taken place this week. That would be normal. I, I feel weary and I'm not in the area. I feel weary just monitoring it and trying to support however I can. And I keep thinking to myself, if I feel this way, I can't imagine what it's like for the people living through this on the ground. If you're weary... If you need fresh injection of peace in your heart or you know someone who does and you want to stand in the gap for them, would you raise your hand up now? I'm just going to pray for you as we get ready to close. Hands up everywhere. Loving Father, we thank you that despite the mess of this world, you love us so much that you sent your son to earth to die. You shone the light of God into a dark place. Lord, I pray that you would bring peace to these that are here, those that need it for themselves, those that are standing in the gap for others. I pray that you would just bring peace and calm that's that's anchored in the goodness of God, 
that's anchored in the words of that great hymn, though all around is sinking sand on Christ the solid rock I stand. In fact, for some of you, you need to go and listen to that hymn and just spend that on repeat for a little while. The words of that song will bring peace to your soul. Though all around is sinking sand on Christ the solid rock I stand. Lord, we don't anchor our peace in whether our houses survive. We don't anchor our peace in finances. We don't anchor our peace in anything other than the finished work of Christ upon the cross. That is where we find our peace and our hope. And I pray comfort for everyone that's here. Thanks for listening today. For more episodes and information, please visit our website at c3wc.com forward slash Wallandilly or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash c3wallandilly.